Welcome to Passports and Pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving, carry-on-only gals. I'm Laura, a traveler and teacher with an appetite for adventure. And I'm Sarah, an artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food. Join us as we dive into anything and everything that's on our plates and on our minds. Oh, yes. Here we are. Here we are, snuggled into Lars' couch. We've really reached our full potential. I think so. <laughs> I think this is it. We're- Can I tell you that Sarah just comes to my home, immediately changes into sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. We light a I, candle. <laughs> I come here straight from work. So I pack my sweatpants because the first time I did not do that and it was a mistake. No, you can't do that. You can't podcast in jeans. No, it's just not going to work. No. So yeah, I feel like we've reached our... Um, we're, we're, we're hitting our stride. Yeah. We're hitting our stride here. Especially if like one of us fully lays down. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Eventually. This couch is big enough. We can just start doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, guys, it's November and there's only a few days left of our COVID care package giveaway. Oh, yeah. And we've got some iTunes reviews. Hey! <laughs> which is a throwing shade reference. Slash attitudes exclamation point. <laughs> Which really is just for me and you and yeah. Allie, who's listening. Yeah. We have <laughs> iTunes reviews. That's my iTunes reviews. Go ahead. Read it. So this one is from Green Denim 1991. They said, a happy place for foodie millennial ladies stumbling through adulthood. Obsessed. That's pretty much as spot on as it comes. Yeah. I love that review. Foodie millennial ladies. Oh, yeah. That, that makes That's sense. That tracks. Yes. I like that. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Green Denim 1991. So you can also leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts, and that is one way to enter our giveaway. Oh, yes. Through the end of November. Or you can um, tag a friend in the comments of our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Just pick one. Not only does it help us, but you might get a little care package coming your way. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. We'll announce the winner on Instagram shortly. Yeah. Salty sweet? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So my salty is the Sunday scaries. Oh, girl. <laughs> because the this, this, few weeks ago, it was the scariest of Sunday scaries when the election was about to happen. Well, yeah. And we're going to get into that. So yeah, we will yeah. be getting into that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like I always give myself a million things to do on the weekend because I can't help myself. And so on Sundays, especially, I'm usually doing meal prep for the week, like getting my lunches ready. I might also be making some kind of dinner to eat throughout the week, maybe some cleaning. And then if I have time, it's like, oh, I'll work on this like freelance project I'm doing or something for the podcast. And I'd also like to maybe like, I don't know, chill out and watch a movie or something. But then it gets to be like 4 p.m. And there are still a million things left to do. And I'm just like, where does the time go? I truly do believe we need an extra day in the weekend. <laughs> yeah. A four-day work week would be so much better. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's just like, and and then I get annoyed with myself because I'm like, Sarah, you know how many hours are in a day on the weekend, and you always are overly ambitious when you make your to-do list, and I just never learn. Well, you know what that means. People who, like, jam-pack their schedule are supposed to be optimists. Really? Yes, because you believe that you can get it all done. I guess. Would you consider me an optimist? <laughs> I think so. I Would you? I don't know. I think you are. Yeah, maybe overall I am. I might lean in that direction. Yeah, you're definitely optimist leaning. Right. Well, speaking of optimism, my sweet <laughs> is that Biden won the 2020 election. I mean, as of right now, when we're recording this, Nothing crazy has happened since the announcement. Well, except for Trump denying Uh, that the election results are real, which is a whole other problem. So Um, if anything crazy has happened between now and then, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, I was truly optimistic about this election. So I'm glad I was not let down. But yeah, one of the only people I know that was optimistic about it. Yeah, it could be. It's probably my suite of 2020, if we're being honest. It's like one bright spot in this dumpster fire of a year. Yes. Well, we are going to talk <sighs> about politics, especially like 
our relationship with politics and how it's grown, things we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And we're balancing it out with mac and cheese at the end, you guys. Yeah, so, so like, stay tuned. Yeah. You come here for the politics, you stay for the mac and cheese. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, my I'm going to start with my salty, which is pretty heavy. So I'm glad that you started. My salty, and it's not really a salty, but just a sad, is that um, about a week ago, one of my coworkers passed away from COVID-19. As many of you know, I am a teacher, and this was a guidance counselor in our building. Her name is Alex Chitwood. Her story is now broken national news, um, as it should. Um, uh, she had no preconditions as far as I am aware of, uh, but it's it's a very um, saddening and upsetting situation um, because... As teachers, we do what we do for kids. And I know Alex was someone who couldn't care more than any other person I know in the profession for children. And I think it's very easy for us to re- to forget that we are risking our lives when we go to work. And especially a few months into teaching, it's very easy to f- forget that this is not normal. And every day we're risking our lives. You know, we sort of get into the swing of things. You know, I'm wearing a mask. I'm six feet away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it just became incredibly more real for so many of us. And there's been an awesome um, amount of support shown for our staff and for Alex's family. Um, But for me personally, it's... I I am new to my job, so I do not know her very well, but it really shook me to my core to know that it it could have been any of us. Mm -hmm. And for people who deny COVID, I would challenge you to speak to any one of people who have lost any loved ones due to the, due to the virus. Mm. But um, I think that there is a dark, dark side of this whole situation, which is that people are dying. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't even tell you the effect it's had on our, not only our staff, but also our students mm-hmm. who knew Alex. And yeah, it's, I, it's just, for me, it was a very sobering and a very real situation. And there is no good solution. Yeah, there's no good way to go about this. There's no at way. At all. All we can do is try to be as safe as possible. And um, honestly, wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's been politicized, and we're you know this is a political podcast we're making. Um, <laughs> but uh, we need to wear masks. I mean, it just mm-hmm. comes down as, to that. But I do want to talk about my suite, which is actually right in front of you. Oh, what is it? I've started making candles. What <laughs> you made these? Yeah, I made these. What? Yeah. So <laughs> one dreary night, <laughs> you really are becoming a homesteader. <laughs> You moved to the booties of PA into an old farmhouse and now you're making candles what? and you were making bread, making bread the other morning before work. It's like 4 a.m. <laughs> yep. Wow. I call it anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's amazing. Okay. So one, one um, anxious night, I, I don't think it was a Sunday, but one of those nights where I just didn't know what to do with myself. I wasn't like focused enough to like do a big project or write or do anything like that. So I was like, what's something I could make for the house that I actually would use a lot of and would save me money. (laughs) Turns out it's candles. So So how did you do it? So you made both of these right here. I made even more. I even made one for you that you can pick out later. So So I think I'm going to make these for Christmas and give them out to friends and stuff. That's such a good idea. And they're repurposed glasses. I thought they looked like, um, like this one looks like a little cocktail glass. Yeah. Like a whiskey glass or something. So I basically went to a thrift store and I found like all these cool little glassware things that I thought would burn nicely or looked cool or like had a cool coloring. And I got the wax. I learned how to make a candle and the rest is history. Now these are unscented, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to mess around with scent because that's like a whole yeah. different beast. So I need like essential oils or something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I actually did order some, but I feel like I want to do another batch because these are definitely not perfect. But uh-huh. 
They're very rustic looking though. Yeah, they look legit. And yeah. um <laughs> and not like legit like I bought it at Target legit like somebody made this. Right. But <laughs> it was cool and I feel like I'm repurposing and I feel like if I give it to friends they can mm-hmm. um you can take the wax out like you can microwave it and clean it out and then you have like a little cute little cocktail glass. Yeah, where did you get the wax and the wicks for it? Amazon.com. Okay. I wish I had a better option, but I just mm-hmm. did it really quickly cuz I was just like I can do this this week. Yeah. It was during election week, too. So <laughs> That's how you kept yourself busy. That's how I kept myself busy. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to do some more. And it's just really fun because now I don't feel quite as guilty burning through candles. Yeah, so. dude, because I just ordered candles from my house and I spent like $75. Yeah, I know. It adds up. <laughs> it does. It's exactly why I made these. I was like, mm-hmm. now I don't feel bad about lighting two candles every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I keep lighting candles in my dining room at night because it just just makes the house feel so much cozier. Yeah. You know, even though I'm never in the dining room, I just walk through the dining room a few (laughs) times, but to just see it there. And then I have to tell myself like, Sarah, it's okay to burn these candles because you bought them to burn them and it brings you joy and you're enjoying it. There's like a guilty. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, you should get into candle making. (laughs) I might. It's really not hard. I mean, I'll show you. Don't tempt me. I'm into it. I could so, get obsessed. Yeah. I'm thinking if we do have a Hogan night, we should make candles, mm-hmm. make some really good food, and like watch a movie. Yeah, that sounds Isn't fun. that fun? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's something that's bringing me joy right now. So That's nice. Yeah. Shall we get into it? I guess we will. Okay. <laughs> so our discussions, well, we have a two, sort of a two-parter today. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to balance yeah. things out. We're going to do politics for most of it and then like chase it with some mac and cheese. A mac and cheese face off. Yeah. Mac and cheese has been a big topic of this season. I feel like it's just really of the moment. It's what everybody needs right now. It's a comfort we all yeah. need. Yeah. So um, let's just start by saying what our political histories were. Can I share mine? Yeah. <laughs> I have this very distinct memory of being in fourth grade. And taking a quiz. And the quiz was a bunch of questions. Um, It was either yes or no, or I forget. It was just like one or the other, like two options. And I didn't know at the time, but it was basically a test to see which side of the political party you would align with. Mm -hmm. And I knew nothing about politics in fourth grade. Who did? So, I mean, maybe kids do now, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, And I remember learning about the two political parties and like i i definitely earned i definitely was a republican you were yeah because a lot of the questions i remember being um you know do you think that the government should infringe on personal freedom and i was like no well, i don't want- sounds like these questions were definitely worded yeah in i would love to revisit this quiz to, to <laughs> and, at, a certain and as reaction. a fourth grader what sense of the world did i have right right so i remember coming home and talking to my parents about we learned about the two parties and i asked them what their parties were and i found out my mom was a democrat and my dad was a republican mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's interesting um, and then my mom asked, why do you think you're a Republican? And I explained why. And she was just like, hmm, <laughs> well, that might change. <laughs> and, and it has changed. <laughs> so that might change. Yeah. Do you remember your first introduction to the like political world? Mm, I don't know. Because my dad's a journalist, so I feel like my parents would talk about politics pretty regularly at the dinner table and stuff. So I think I just kind of slowly absorbed things. Right. But then I did do the club called Youth in Government Oh, okay. in high school. But I did also learn a fair amount about how the government worked and stuff like that. And then also when I was in... I guess high school, my family got into the habit of watching The Daily Show every night. Mm. And But even in middle school, I was like fairly aware of what was going on with like mm-hmm. the Bush election of 2004 and stuff. Yeah. 
um, and everything with like after the year 2000. It's like things started getting pretty crazy in 2000. Yeah. Um, which was right around the time that I was old enough to start understanding stuff. So, but yeah, and then The Daily Show is really where I got like a lot of my political information at mm-hmm. the time and in such an interesting way too you know it's funny and informative right and they they obviously have a certain point of view that they're coming at it with but yeah i've felt like i definitely agreed with everything they were saying <laughs> sometimes they lay it out and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i i don't know if you ever went through this phase but i actually um I felt very apathetic towards politics as a teenager and even into my early like twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is the biggest honest, honestly, one of my biggest regrets in my entire life mm-hmm. was not registering to vote mm-hmm. as soon as I was able and then mm-hmm. choosing not to vote in the Obama elections. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to vote for his first election and his second election. And obviously, um, I did not have a clue of my privilege. Um, Mm. And that's something I look back on. And that apathetic attitude towards politics doesn't matter. Both parties don't work for me. We need to just like resolve everything and start from scratch. I had a lot of like very negative slash apathetic attitudes towards it all. Mm -hmm. So what really changed everything for me was as I grew into adulthood and I started working with children (laughs) (laughs) and I realized just the diversity of backgrounds and situations that come with being a human. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, shortly after starting teaching was the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything really changed for me. And that was your first time voting, right? That was my first time voting for a president. I voted in primaries before that, but yeah, for the presidential election, that was my first presidential vote. So uh, as a teacher, I do feel like I have to be quite like responsible with how I talk about politics, especially on like a platform. Right. Um, so I'm, I definitely don't want to like bash people who don't agree with me, but I think that that no matter which side of the like political scheme you're on that election really fired people up right um yeah. did it make people turn up as much as this last election no which no. is interesting but um i remember for the first time really feeling engaged in politics and it made me it made me just really realize how privileged i was to think that not voting mm-hmm. was acceptable (laughs) right so um yeah so let's talk about that what like why do you now think that voting is so important i think voting is incredibly important because it is your power comes in two forms your power comes in your vote and who you put your vote in Mm -hmm. and where you spend your money Mm -hmm. and if those are the two things i can control as far as leadership goes i want to be actively involved in both Mm mm-hmm do we have to be perfect with everything? No, we're human. But I do think that choosing to actively not vote was a sign of thinking that politics wouldn't change, no matter which side of the party, it would not change my overall quality of life. Right. And as a middle-class white woman uh, who is straight, right? I didn't, I was not aware of how privileged that was because mm-hmm. there are millions of people where who is in office makes a drastic change in their quality of life. Yeah. And I did not realize that. Or if I did realize that I was just not being sensitive towards that. And I don't, truthfully, I think it was ignorance. So. I have recently come to a realization about my privilege with voting, but from a very different perspective, because I have been voting since I was able to. And I, I mean, there have definitely been small local elections I've skipped, mm-hmm. which I don't intend to ever do again because oh, another thing honey. we've learned of the last four years is that sometimes those are the most important elections. This year alone has taught many yeah. of us that. Yeah, like we need to pay attention to all the races, not just who's running for president. But I've had some conversations recently with people who choose not to vote. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me understand better why some people choose not to who really do feel like the system is so broken that they don't want to be a part of it Mm -hmm. or they feel like neither side has worked for them Mm -hmm. at all 
And it made me realize that um, basically my, well, I, I still believe everybody should vote, but I'm starting to understand better why some people don't. But also I realized how my position as a middle class white straight woman who also grew up in a family that discusses politics mm-hmm. that I have grown up in a way believing that my voice does matter mm-hmm. and that I could run for office if I want to. Um, you know, even as a woman, cause you know, we know there still aren't enough women in politics and government, but I still grew up in a way to think that that was within my reach and I was like entitled to that and it was part of my world and that that world works for me and therefore I want to be involved and there are a lot of people who didn't grow up that way right so for them to jump from not voting and choosing not to vote to wanting to vote is a very different journey yes for that that is true yes so that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently and and that's really sad because as much as our system is broken and we need to change it, it's never going to get fixed unless we vote for the people who also think it's broken and want to get in there so they can change it and fix yeah. it. And, you know, there's so many times that we're never going to have a candidate that's perfectly what we want, but we have to make a choice over which one is better and which one is going in the direction that we want. Right. And if we always hold out for that perfect person, yeah. we're never, ever going to get the government that we want. No. And the other thing is, like, I feel like there are so many things that the majority of uh, Americans do want, but we don't all vote. So then the vote doesn't reflect the actual will of the people and what they mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. And so if you want your government to be a certain way you have to be involved right yeah that that's some that's interesting it's it's hard because i think we can all get in our bubbles and that was very clear in the 2016 election mm-hmm. how how like completely bubbled off some of us were <laughs> <laughs> bubbled off um <laughs> but like i do think that i i really haven't spoken to too many people who have actively decided not to vote can we talk about the issues we're passionate about yes I think I, we, well, Sarah jotted down hers and I literally was like, yep. (laughs) I figured you would agree. (laughs) Well, I think you can speak a lot about our first thing that we're obviously very passionate about, which is healthcare. Oh, (laughs) I could talk forever about this. Yes. (laughs) I feel like our friends are always like, don't get Sarah started about healthcare. (laughs) It's like, especially if she's drunk, don't get her started. (laughs) Well, it's a real issue for you. It is. Um, <laughs> well, I was lucky enough to be on my parents' health care until I was 26. Same. And then <laughs> it all went downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It just... <sighs> Clearly, our system is so messed up. Yeah. Both parties um, can agree. And COVID has been the perfect, like... <laughs> pulling back the curtain of how having your health care tied to your job is so insane mm-hmm. because guess what? We're in a global pandemic, which caused so many people to lose their jobs and therefore also their health care. So womp womp. Right. <laughs> right. Um, obviously I'm in favor of universal health care. Um, but also I think our healthcare system is really highlighting exactly what is wrong with capitalism, which is that we care more about money than we care about people's lives and people's health. And I don't think that we should have our hospitals and, you know, people who make vaccines or life-saving drugs do it for profit. I just think that you shouldn't be able to make money off of sick people. I think that... I mean, if you believe in capitalism, then maybe you think that that should be okay. Well, one of the things we didn't jot down, but you actually brought up that I'm incredibly passionate about, and I think most people are too on either side of the party parties, is essentially that we need to take money out of government. Yeah. Um, I think we can all agree on that. Can we all agree on that? I think we for sure can all agree on that. I think when you look into the dark side of like political funding, mm-hmm. lobbying, lobbying, 
it's packs. gross it's it is it's it's, nasty. it's dark dude it's dark <laughs> and there's many countries out there that have taken money out of politics and mm-hmm. i think it works and i think that i think it's important that our country not be run by corporations it should be yeah. run by people it's going to take m- more progressive leadership to mm-hmm. actually stand up to the status quo and change that mm-hmm. which you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but we need yeah. to have conversations about it. And more and more people running for office are just refusing to accept money from yeah. corporations and super PACs and stuff like that. And yeah. yeah, we need everyone to keep doing that. And then maybe it won't be a law, but maybe it'll just be like, dude, you took money from them. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Or we need to have a public conversation about it until where it's like, this mm-hmm. is like shameful, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah, that's one thing. I also talked about um, it's one of the first things that actually really made me passionate was the LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, being in theater and music, I have so many incredible queer, gay, lesbian, straight, mm-hmm. all... <laughs> transgender every, yeah. every single type of friend my husband's gay yeah. <laughs> wow remember that remember that yeah <laughs> but like when you have those very close connections and the convert and think cards are on the table in which rights can be taken away from those people mm-hmm. it hits home and yeah. um i remember basically realizing after i didn't vote for obama in his second election that i had made a grave mistake because mm. i realized that my friends, who I love dearly, were going to have their rights taken away unless we could, I continue to vote on their side. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe that you know LGBTQ members of society should have every single right that any cis straight mm-hmm. person has. Yeah, you um, shouldn't be able to be fired because you're gay. No, you should be able to be married. You should be able to adopt. I believe mm-hmm. th- all of those things. And I think that, um, you know... That is something that I hope continues to progress more towards acceptance. It feels like it has in small ways, but we still have so much further to go. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I also wrote down women's reproductive rights, which um, I mean, it really just comes down to I think that I should be able to make choices about what happens in my own body. Yeah, because that it's not even just about abortion but also like women who for certain health reasons might want to get a hysterectomy Mm -hmm. and doctors will not do it because you might change your mind one day and wish that you could have a baby (laughs) and guess what that's my problem to deal with that's my choice (laughs) yeah um and last but not least (laughs) racial and wealth inequality (laughs) you know just that little thing I honestly, I feel like this is what is really driving a lot of the um, division in the country right now between the two political parties is the widening wealth gap in America. It's just so clear that, I mean, it was an Elizabeth Warren who kept saying that government is only working for the people at the top and it's not working for anybody else right now. Yeah. And we can change that. We There's so many things we can do to fix it and to put us on the right path. And and like, all it is, is just, I just want everyone to be able to live a comfortable, happy life. Mm-hmm. You know, if we still have millionaires, whatever. I just don't think we should have people who are billionaires or trillionaires or whatever, like zillionaire that Jeff Bezos is on track to become. Um, while we have people who don't have homes who can't feed their kids especially when those people have jobs yep and still can't when minimum live their wage, lives when minimum wage does not even cover human right. life yeah like necessity when of human life walmart is one of our biggest employers in this country but we are all subsidizing their company profit because let's face it someone who just works at walmart is not making a living wage in many places and is probably on food stamps and welfare and all that stuff. And we're all paying for it because Walmart is not being charged. Yeah. Taking the task yeah. for if you are going to have people work for your company, then they should be able to live a comfortable life. Yep. And that's why I want to be a boss someday. <laughs> <laughs> like, You'd be a great yeah. boss. <laughs> but yeah, I do think, I mean, I remember Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. um, 
And that's starting a huge conversation because it is the 99% of us against the 1%. I think as far as racial inequality goes, I mean, 2020, you guys, mm-hmm. like if this, if this hasn't been any more clear, mm-hmm. we and need to have social justice change. That's something we're going to be working on for a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. But America? It, yeah. It needs to be at the forefront of our, all of our minds mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we feel about the Biden-Harris victory? <laughs> how does it feel? Um, I, I feel like I am cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. because we're still, I, f- I still feel like until things are sworn in, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> that's how much distrust I have sometimes mm-hmm. for our government. I feel like I, I, I'm constantly, I, although I'm extremely mm-hmm. pleased with the result, <laughs> um, I still feel like I'm holding my breath, Yeah, which is not great. The yeah. happiest I felt was watching Kamala Harris speak. <laughs> so how, like, what was it like for you when you found out that they officially called it for Biden? Oh, my God. Um, do, I remember exactly where I was. So, and until I actually saw the news articles, I was like, I can't believe this because we were in such suspense for days. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. And then as like more and more news, you know, mm-hmm. news platforms verified Biden has, you know, secured mm-hmm. enough votes for the Electoral College. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. in like disbelief. Mm-hmm. Well, I found out because our friend Dave texted me that they had just called PA. And I was like, which news outlet? And he said, I that's think what he I mean. Me I was CNN. like, I had immediately like, which one? Yeah. So then I looked it up and, and like, I knew I was going to cry. Cause like there were a couple times in the days leading up to that, where just the thought of Biden winning was making me tear up. So I was like, I knew when the, it was called for him, I would cry. And so I'm like standing in my kitchen by myself, looking at my phone and I've confirmed it. And I was like, I'm going to cry. And then, and then I just like, I'm like, Sarah, just give into it. And then I just started sobbing the relief that I felt because the last four years have been so difficult and just knowing like, Oh, thank God that we're not having four more years of that. We're going back to some kind of sense of normalcy. Hopefully well, as much as we can after the stuff that's gone on. Um, and yeah, I just started crying and then I turned on the CNN live stream on my phone. As soon as they cut to Van Jones, oh, have you seen this clip of absolutely. him? Absolutely. I'll link to it in our show notes of him breaking down and crying and saying how important this was. So then I'm sobbing all over again. And then I was texting in Robert's family group chat and then we all FaceTime together and we were, had all been crying and we're just like so happy. And yeah, yeah. And it just, I, I do feel like some of the dark cloud of the last four years has lifted, yeah. but it won't fully lift until not until, <laughs> not in. until January. <laughs> then we're going to party. We are, we need to have an inauguration. A swear in well, party. <laughs> you know, a very small COVID. Yeah. Who party. knows where we'll be. Oh. True. We'll probably all be in lockdown by then. Great. But um, if you are someone who feels like you align with our political standpoints, we do want to share some political podcasts that we really like. Yeah, we have some so recommendations. The first one is The Daily, which is run by The New York Times. And it is my favorite, like, daily brief news. Like, one mm-hmm. hot topic, one interesting yeah. tidbit. It's one, like, the major story of the day. And although some people would probably say that the New York Times is in like the liberal media's pocket or whatever, I consider the daily to be like it's the, very to me like, it, it is very unbiased. Yeah, unbiased. Um, just like what are the facts? Yeah. What does this mean? Yeah. That kind and of stuff. And at the end, they sort of cover world news and other hot topics that you should know for the day. And it's mm-hmm. about thirty minutes ish. Yeah, usually twenty five to yeah. thirty five minutes. And it's perfect if you're like on a commute, you just sort of want to check in what's going mm-hmm. on. Or if you want to learn more information about anything. I mean yeah. I it's been great to just mm-hmm. have that every day. Right. And then so Crooked Media, who does Pod Save America and stuff, they have a daily news po- podcast called What a Day. But that's more it's not like one focused story like the daily. It's 
all the day's main headlines. And similar to that is NPR's Up First podcast, which is the major headlines for the day. So What a Day is definitely from a progressive agenda, but the Daily and Up First would be very like uh, nonpartisan mm-hmm. news for you. Yeah. Um, I love Fake the Nation. <laughs> Me too. Nagin Farsad is hilarious. I love her. So it's a comedy political podcast. She has guests on. Usually comedians. Yeah. And writers. Um, and it, they just do like three hot button like mm-hmm. conversations. It could. I mean, sometimes it's non-political, but yeah. I, I just love hearing people's perspective on things mm-hmm. and they do it in such a funny way. Yeah. But it's also informational. I think it's just like a great little like. Mm-hmm. She tries to get Republicans on, but it's just hard to find Republicans who will do her yeah, show. I've actually heard a few of them with the Republican mm-hmm. guests and it's been interesting because they are still really funny. They're still comedians. Yeah. yeah. And they ha- all have civil discussions. Yeah. And then my absolute favorite. Yeah, our favey fave. Literally the thing that got me into like podcasts period <laughs> is attitudes formerly, formerly known, known as throwing, throwing shade, shade. <laughs> or as it's really called attitudes attitudes <laughs> i do love their new theme music oh, too it's so good ah. so this is a comedic po- political podcast mm-hmm. for basically women and, and LGBTQ. lgbtq and two comedians aaron gibson and Brian's Brian Toffee, two of my favorite people in the who, whole world. <laughs> if you don't listen to this podcast, just listen to it for their banter alone. Oh, I mean, and their um, they're like weird improv bits that they end up doing, like their bit about Tiffany Trump. Oh my god! <laughs> like these two just enjoy each other, and I enjoy enjoying them yeah. enjoying each other. And they feed off each other. It is amazing. They're so funny. I quote them all the time. I just want them to actually be my friends. Yeah. I feel like they are. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's They're a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great podcast. It's weekly and um, they always do one topic that relates to women's issues and one topic that relates to like LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're great. They're great. They're very opinionated. Yes. So they might be a bit far left for some people. I would say this is our furthest left. Yes. So... Yeah, I mean, I hope if you're listening to this and you're not necessarily aligned with our political beliefs, I think we have very similar ones, Sarah and I, but mm-hmm. um, I hope that we can understand that being a human is being political. Yeah, especially <laughs> and, these days. And it's important to try to come from a place of like understanding between two mm-hmm. different sides of the issues. And, um, you know, these are just our opinions and they may be different from your own. And right. That's okay. Awesome. Well, to balance out that heavy <laughs> political discussion, we're going to eat some heavy, heavy mac cheese, and cheese, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a mac and cheese face off. We're going to cook them and then we'll be back to you. Okay. We're good? We're good. Okay. We're back. We're back We've with got- some mac. <laughs> All right, we got our mac and cheese. Candles are lit. I made... Okay, oh, so we need to tell them what we're doing. So basically, (laughs) season three, (laughs) it's been a hot topic. Yeah. So um, we talked about our comfort foods in like our first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I talked about mac and cheese and we shared our favorite mac and cheese choices. Right. So Sarah made... Go ahead, tell me. So my favorite is the Cracker Barrel macaroni and cheese dinner sharp white cheddar and this is the kind of has like the squeezed packet of cheese yeah so it's a cracker barrel sharp white cheddar and mine is a concoction of craft mac and cheese you got to get it like some weird shape it's a nostalgic thing and you just got to douse it with a ton of butter a little milk and lots of cabots seriously sharp cheese yeah so you doctor yours up and i'm a little worried because this is just like trash food for me (laughs) so this is not an artisanal meal by any means but Mm -hmm. yours looks legit so and the way i make mine is that i only boil the pasta for four minutes don't pay attention to what it tells you because i think it says to do it for like eight minutes or you want an al dente noodle it says 
No. It says cook for 11 to 12 minutes. No. Or until tender. No. No. We're, it needs four minutes. No. We don't like that. And then you drain it. And then you pour the cheese packet in and you stir it around and you're done. Yeah. You let it, it cook in the cheese a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mine's not that hard. It's just like, you know, eyeball a bunch of butter. <laughs> and add. But when do you add the butter? I add the butter as soon as you drain the, as you, as soon as you like, you know, put it But in the weren't colander. you also doctoring up your water? Like you salted your I water. I did salt my water. I do not salt my water. Um, and then I did these. salted butter. And then I would say like at least a nice chunk of Cabot Seriously Sharp Cheese. I didn't measure how much. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the thing. You just eyeball it. Right. So that's all you add. You add. Mm-hmm. But did you add more milk than what it calls for? I added less milk. Oh, okay. So it's more like cheesy cheesy okay yeah. i would say my consistency is probably more soupier than an average mac and cheese mm-hmm. so i eat with a spoon sometimes but <laughs> here we are okay shall we try all right so we each have a bowl that has both in them let's like try, on each side let's try the other person's mac first or do we want to do the same um let, i'll try yours okay and then you try mine okay 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 here i go it's literally just Cabot's Seriously Sharp Cheese. I mean, if you hadn't added that, I probably wouldn't like it. But that's way better than if I would have made that. Oh, from the from box? box yeah. No, yeah, you can't do that. And also, this is super cheap, which is another reason why I always grab it. It's like, I think, 99 cents for this whole box. So, <laughs> hey. That's good, though. All right, let me try yours. Okay. I'm going to take Oh, that is, that is good. Mm-hmm. Right? That is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. And you don't even need to doctor this one. Yeah, and it it's not a Velveeta because it is a packaged cheese. Mm-hmm. It's not a Vel- Velveeta. It doesn't have that like super fake cheesy taste. It tastes like real cheese. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You also got the consistency of the noodles, right? With It's not like completely like it falls apart in your mouth. You have to, there's a little chew there. That was good. How long did you cook your noodles for? I would say like seven minutes. Mm. It's le- It's definitely less than what the box says. But then I also do a lot of like stirring right. in on like low heat. So. so you probably could have done it for like five. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mine are a little overdone. Mm-hmm. It's still good, though. It's good. I definitely do, comfort food. I do think that like... Um, Mac and cheese is something that people immediately go for whenever you want to feel like good, cozy. Mm-hmm. But people have their preferences. So yeah. we asked some of you guys, how do you doctor up your perfect mac and cheese? Um, we had on our Instagram, uh, Life of a Strawberry, I follow on Instagram. Um, I think she has a private account. You might need to request fo- to follow. But she shared her mac and cheese has apple cider. Oh. And then she adds um, bacon. Well, that sounds real it good. It sounds real good, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then in our comments, um, Abby at Heart of a Baker, she said that she adds sriracha to hers. A classic addition. And then Holly and Flora said she adds bacon and mushrooms and Ooh. truffle oil and parsley. Whoa. Which sounds super bougie. That's decadent. Mm-hmm. Truffle oil? Mm-hmm. Ooh. If I, you want to talk about rich, you got like a carby cheesy milky thing add truffle oil to it mm-hmm. that sounds good i mean i know a lot of people add pork mm-hmm. i mean i love a breadcrumb on oh, top me of the too. mac and cheese in fact my favorite mac and cheese to get out is a cavatappi we talked about this in mm. a text message but the best <laughs> mac and cheese noodle in my opinion is a cavatappi i would agree or an elbow if i had to choose but mm. cavatappi is the way to go that mm-hmm. that curl yeah and the best ones I've had um, that I've ordered out is from a place called The Fridge, which is in Lancaster. They have cavatappi noodles. It's definitely like a sharp, a sharp, like cheddar sort of cheese mix. Mm-hmm. And al dente with breadcrumbs, garlic breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, I will link to, I have a recipe on my site for a mac and cheese tot dish. So it's mac and a cheese classic. with some broccoli thrown in there. But then you bake it with tater tots on top. So it has a lid of tater tots. And this is for your Gilmore Girls party, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
and Luke and I showed up as Luke and Lorelai. <laughs> yeah. AKA um, Luke put on a backwards hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a recipe that I was working on a while ago for the blog, but it has not been fully worked yet. But I had the idea to do pumpkin bread breadcrumbs on mac Ooh. and cheese. So I was workshopping that. That sounds good. Yeah, like add some bacon in there and have that like salty sweet action going on with yeah. the pumpkin bread. That sounds so, good. So yeah, I'd say get a little crazy with your bread for your breadcrumbs. Also, a bougie mac and cheese is <clears throat> literally cacio e pepe. <laughs> oh, true. So um, one of my fave Italian pastas. So if you're feeling mm-hmm. bougie, you could just do cacio e pepe, mm-hmm. carbonara, sort of a spinoff on mac and cheese. Well, car- mac and cheese is a spinoff of carbonara, but... Mm. And of course, just like your classic, um, crap, what am I thinking what do we think? Pasta Alfredo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do we think about ketchup? On mac and cheese? Ew, right? No. No. Get out I of my house. I have friends who do that. I'm not throwing shade, but no. <laughs> I do put ketchup on my scrambled eggs. Yeah, I do, t- I do that but too. But not I on my mac and like cheese. That. No, that's, ugh. Mm-mm. To me, hot sauce, I get it. A ketchup, though? Nope. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. Also, there's a recipe I've been meaning to try, but I haven't yet. So hopefully I will soon and I can report back. But if anyone else wants to try it, it's a Melissa Clark recipe. So it's on Food 52. I can link to it. But it's her like homemade version of a stovetop mac and cheese that basically takes as long as what we just did. But you don't need the actual... Box mac and cheese. There's no like artificial mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think this sauce is mainly just like heavy cream and good cheese. Keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. That's so need. I've been meaning to try that for a while. Listen, you need to report back because I will. Like, I don't really have a homemade mac and cheese recipe. Mm. It would be great to have one. And like, when you for real make baked mac and cheese, it's a whole event. Oh, it is. So, but if you want something like this, but homemade, it sounds like her recipe is the key to success. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can make that some night. If you have a homemade mac and cheese recipe, please send it our way and we'll give you a yeah. shout out. Definitely just send us your faves. Yeah. We need to know. This is the stuff we live for. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're not hungry when you're listening to this. Yeah. And if you are... Go pick up some box mac and cheese. I honestly think yours is really good. Right? Cracker barrel. I'm telling you. Cracker barrel. It's all you need. Macaroni cheese dinner, sharp white cheddar. You guys got to yeah. do it. Mine is for nostalgia's sake. Yeah. Yours is good, though. Doctored up. Yeah, but you got to doctor it. is the adult choice. That is. That's where when you really don't want to think. Yeah. Literally squeeze the cheese out. Squeeze it. Squeeze, squeeze it. the cheese. <laughs> squeeze the cheese, honey. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's just like eat this now. Yeah, let's do it. So we'll cut back to the rest of the episode. But we hope you enjoyed this little mac and cheese Tell chaser. Tell us what their face off you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> oh, yes. So good. All right. Listener questions. This one comes from Amy Doodle 26 who hit us with a really great one. Perfect timing because this comes out right before Thanksgiving. Oh, is this out the day before the Thanksgiving? The day before Thanksgiving. Ooh, political podcast <laughs> right before. Although, guys, really, yeah. if you're traveling during COVID times to hang out with your creepy uncle who <laughs> makes you angry, like, don't do that. Waste, don't waste your energy, Just don't honey. do it. Amy Doodle asks <laughs> us, what's our least favorite and most favorite Thanksgiving foods? Mm, I know what my least favorite is. I know mine, too. <laughs> One, One, two, three. Stuffing. Whoa! <laughs> stuffing? Yeah. Oh my god, I think that might stuffing be my favorite. Is just soggy bread. It's gross. Oh no, honey. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite. Well, how do you like what kind do you eat? Okay, well I have to say Because I've had some good stuffing, but you know. my I don't know how my parents make it. I should get the recipe for it, but it's definitely not soggy bread. Okay. It's more like soft baked bread is basically bread pudding no savory uh, it's not like <laughs> filling do you know what i mean i don't like filling either uh it's not that it's definitely like crispier 
like it's not moist. Well, it is moist, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Stuffing's the best. No, it's just okay. I feel like it is just pointless carbs on the plate that already has a bunch of carbs and i'd rather eat like rolls or biscuits (laughs) or sweet potatoes like this is just like weird bread garbage with celery that tastes like vaguely of meat and i don't want any of it i don't need it at all oh we're so (laughs) different here i think stuffing's my favorite it makes like turkey worth eating see i i actually like the turkey i like the turkey with the mashed potatoes and the gravy and like the cranberry sauce can i say a hot hot take which might make you hate me i think mashed potatoes are not good what are you having bad mashed potatoes no i've had good mashed potatoes i just don't think they're worth the hype but are you eating them with other stuff yeah Mm. like i'm talking like handmade hand cranked pressed whatever whatever way you make them by hand pennsylvania dutchy ladies are Uh making this mashed potato yeah or and i'm just like no huh is it a texture thing I just think I don't like the flavor. Oh. Like the potato. Is it buttery enough when you have it? Yeah. Lots of butter, gravy, all of mm. it. Just And the only way I like it, if it's like, just like a schmear on top of like a piece oh. of turkey. Okay. I will never eat a mashed potato like by itself or like scoop oh. it up and eat bites on its own. Hmm. Okay. So we're definitely in different camps for this. Yeah. Well, what's your, what's your favorite? Um, one of my favorites is your classic green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Love a green bean I mean, casserole. I mean, just like the condensed cream and mushroom soup with the like little onions on top. Straight from the back of the package. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do you think about sweet potato casserole? I think when it has the marshmallows, it's too sweet. Yeah. But sans marshmallows with like the crispy. Um, oh, without marshmallows? Yeah. Uh... With like guess. the crispy like brown sugar topping. I mean, yeah, it's good. I eat but it. But you're not in love with it. I would think you would like that because you like sweet stuff. Yeah, I think it's... I think maybe... No offense, mom, but... <laughs> <laughs> I Peggy! Think, <laughs> I think my mom would always make it with like the canned yams. Mm. And I think those have a bit of an off flavor yeah so that plus this sticky sweet marshmallow i'm just like "Mm." yeah i have it sans marshmallow i've never had it with marshmallow i mean Mm -hmm. i've seen it with marshmallow but i've never Mm -hmm. had it i think it's fun and festive but it's green bean casserole is your fave really it might be Uh, but i have also recently come around to the best part of thanksgiving is if you have enough leftovers you make the sandwich on oh, like yeah. a homemade biscuit or a roll with like cranberry sauce, a schmear of uh, mashed potatoes, the m- turkey, yeah, the gravy. We've all made one of these. And I guess throw some like cheese on there. But like that's where it's at. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we should all just start making Thanksgiving dinner sandwiches as the actual meal. I'll tell you what. If I were to host my actual Thanksgiving I want, I would have basically none of the Thanksgiving foods. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you what my dream is? Tell me. I want to have like a Tex-Mex inspired Thanksgiving dinner Heck where you yeah. do like turkey tacos with cranberry salsa and you have like margaritas, maybe the pink lady apple margaritas on my blog. Hey, shameless plug. Um, I've had, and then like, you know, maybe have some taco seasoning, roasted sweet potatoes, like kind of like a taco bar mm. with some Thanksgiving y. My my thing is just get rid of the whole Thanksgiving tradition. If I'm actually gonna if I'm actually gonna just have a Thanksgiving, like I'm having a full blown meal, come one, come all, we're gonna be grateful for our life. Mm-hmm. We are not having turkey. We are at all. I'm not even gonna try the cranberry thing. I'm not doing it, any of it. So what you just don't like turkey. Like the flavor of it? I don't like ham and I don't like turkey. Oh right, you don't like ham either. But how yeah. do you feel about chicken? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think turkey's better than chicken. Turkey's not awful. I just don't love it. Like, I don't understand why everyone was so stoked to have a turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work, too. Like, let's just have pizza. Like, I probably... 
I would be fine with all the sides and no turkey. You know what I want instead? Let's have pasta and pizza. Let's just do right. that. Let's just have yeah. a pair of TiVo. Let's have cocktails. Mm-hmm. Let's have spritz. Let's have Negronis. Let's have like <laughs> the whole thing. We'll do an Italian Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, like I want an Italian yeah. Thanksgiving and not like seven fishes like they do. No, yeah. I want that. I want pizza and I want pasta. Mm-hmm. Although one of the other best foods for Thanksgiving is mac and cheese. <laughs> you know, my family doesn't make mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Oh, uh-huh. And I think that's a big mistake. It is. A mistake. I need to just start adding it to our roundup. Yeah, definitely. Mac and cheese is good, though, on, on a Thanksgiving day. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we do not see eye to eye on this. That's I'm interesting. Surprised. Yeah, I would. You ever think we're similar? Yeah. All right. Recommendations. Oh, right. OK, mine. I have to look mine up as per usual. Right? <laughs> mine are these things I bought mm, like a year or so ago. There are these silicone scalp massagers that you use in the shower. Like when you shampoo your hair. So they have like a thing on it. So you put like three fingers through it. You have one in each hand. And they just have these soft silicone spikes that you rub around into your scalp, which helps get the shampoo like all in there. And it just feels so nice. It's this little spa moment for yourself in the shower. And I'll link to it. It's like nine bucks for the, the pair on Amazon. How did you get Amazon. into this? How was this sent your way? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I definitely heard about them somewhere, came across it somehow. And I was like, I need that in my life. And then I ordered them on Amazon. Boom. And every time I wash my hair, I'm like, ooh, going to use my scalp thingies. <laughs> and it's great. I feel like the like the head stimulation is a real, yeah. it's a real thing. I love having my scalp massage. Oh, yeah. It's I love when best. anybody plays with my hair. Mm-hmm. Just like a head massage. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it really, it, you just like bliss great out Great stocking stuffer idea. That's true. It would fit in a stocking. Maybe we'll put in our care package. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> Guys, we still haven't finalized home, what's homemade in it. Homemade candle? But it's going yeah. to yeah. It's gonna be nice, though. Just so you wait. Enter the giveaway. Okay. <laughs> um, my recommendation um, is, this is so crazy that we talked about this podcast like literally just a second ago. Um, it is the same creators of Attitudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi, they have a podcast called Groceries. Groceries. Have you been listening? I'm not caught up, but I have listened to some of their episodes. I, it is a happy place for me. <laughs> so again. They are so serious about their grocery shopping. Oh, it's amazing. Brian and Aaron are obviously like long, like comedic friends. They have a great, like just their relationship, their chemistry mm-hmm. is amazing. They're soulmates. Yeah. And <laughs> hearing them just talk to each other is fun. But they decided in a, like a very bleak year that they were going to because they're obviously they're they're talking about politics for most of their mm-hmm. podcasts. They decided we're going to make a full blown podcast just to talk about groceries, which came from so many of their iTunes reviews. Yes, mention how they always end up talking about groceries. So it's like yeah. my, people would be like my favorite groceries <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like about whole foods like cotton candy grapes and stuff they always talked about like yeah like food things they found in the grocery store but let me tell you it is a treat Mm. and they're releasing their first season on their um attitudes um their normal podcast feed free feed but then you can also listen to their newest season on stitcher premium and do you pay for that I'm about to, honey, because like literally every single uh, they come out on Tuesdays I believe Mm. I, I immediately download because it is an escape that I need. Just people uh-huh. talking about mindless, like, you know, what's the cart situation? Um, what discoveries did they find? What's mm-hmm. the history of the this history grocery of store? Yeah. Which are is interesting. <laughs> they get so into it. I and love it. They do talk about all the ones we've had in, like like nationwide, like they have Trader Joe's, they have they're they're doing Wegmans, they're, you know, all mm-hmm. of it. So, and also like really small, weird local ones, Los Angeles ones, like bougie ones that we don't have around here. And it's just so funny. And they rate them out of 10 cotton candy grapes. So (laughs) I'm obsessed. It is a happy place for me. Oh, guys. (laughs) Well, anyway. um, (laughs) Well, anyway. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this episode that was politics with a side of mac and cheese. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh. 
continue to tell us how you eat your boxed mac and cheese, what your favorites are. Yeah, if we missed your like ultimate trick to the best mac and cheese, <laughs> write us in. Yeah, write us in. Right, right, <laughs> right into us. Right in, right in to us. <laughs> oh, Something like that. Yeah, it's late. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. Yeah, you know, if you're loving the podcast, you be sure to subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. It's important. Leave us a review. Every review helps us. iTunes is super annoying. It helps us with finding more readers. So, And and also, we have our giveaway. Don't forget. So leave us a nice review if you're feeling like it. Mm-hmm. And you can send us all your questions and thoughts and stuff on Instagram at Passport Pizza Pod, or leave us a voicemail at 717-964-0215. Our show notes with all the links and fun stuff that we've mentioned today can be found on our website at passportsandpizza.com. And if you want to follow us both on Instagram, I'm at Sarah underscore Cornelius underscore, and Laura is at Rome and Golightly. So follow us on there. Yeah. And last but not least, a big thank you to Will Gingrich for our theme music. And we'll see you next time. Catch you on the flippity flip. (laughs) Register to vote. Yeah. Eat your mac and cheese. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. Yum. Yeah. Speaking of cotton candy grapes, <laughs> this could be an outtake if you wanted to be. What? Word to the wise. Um, I bought some cotton candy grapes somewhat recently. And um, then I had a real bad case of the farts. And I figured out that it was them causing my farts. Uh-uh. So... That was a new development for me. What about regular grapes? You're fine with regular grapes? I think so. But something about those cotton candy ones. Too sweet. <laughs> I guess. Your butt can't handle it. <laughs> so just be wary. Watch out. <laughs> Don't pop them in your mouth too fast. That's funny.